If you have somehow missed the ongoing saga of the eccentric billionaire who is literally trying to reverse aging in a, a desperate and many would argue stupid and pointless effort to somehow become 18 years old again, well, now you have to hear it from us because this guy's photo and story have been inescapable on social media for the past two weeks. Whoever he's got running his PR is doing a great job at getting every news outlet in America and, and beyond to report the same goddamn thing once a week for forever, seemingly forever. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird and wild tale that keeps getting uh, stranger because I feel like he keeps letting people into more of the weird aspects of his journey because every new weird thing he reveals gets him back in the news cycle. And I don't know, maybe you were just scrolling by, you saw this photo and you thought to yourself, huh, is that Loki or something? Anyways, <laughs> I'm just gonna keep on scrolling. But unfortunately, there's a very strange backstory here and you're not gonna believe this, but uh, so far, it looks like this guy has just wasted a bunch of money and embarrassed himself publicly numerous times in order to somehow convince people that he has found the fountain of youth. Yeah, sorry buddy, you look pretty much exactly the, the age that you are. I think he looks worse than he did before he started this regimen. Uh, yeah, no. I, yeah, yeah. I think he looks worse. In, in, in various ways, yes. He has this sort of, uh, sliminess to his, his look now that is, he's, he's very reptilian. Not that he probably was, he isn't more healthy on the inside now, but like, Losing a bunch of weight and becoming extremely pale because you refuse to go in the sun is not a good look for this guy in particular. Well, so yeah, yeah I mean, look, there's nothing wrong with aging gracefully. There's certainly nothing wrong with trying to lead a healthy lifestyle. But when you convince yourself that you and you alone will be able to somehow reverse the hands of time through increasingly outrageous treatments and over-the-top physical regimens, only to find out that it actually makes you come off as an unlikable weirdo, well, that doesn't, just doesn't sound like a lot of fun. Doesn't sound like a fun way to live your life. Probably better things you could be doing with your time. Uh, imagine if for some reason this was true and this guy just bought himself more time to just do this for the rest of time. Yeah, I mean, best case scenario, you live an extra 10 years, but you spend much more time than that. Stressing uh, about it. Doing this. It's uh... also most interviews with people who are in their 90s or 100. They're just like, I'm ready to die now. Anytime now. I I've had a wonderful life. I'm ready to go, please. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's the life of Brian Johnson, the 45 year old billionaire whose previous company acquired Venmo before selling it to PayPal years later, netting him a whole bunch of money. He's yeah chosen that life for himself despite looking like a normal guy aging normally until well, just a few years ago when he decided to start this de-aging himself thing and do it through a wide variety of methods including most famously and uh, <laughs> with zero evidence that it even fucking works yeah using his son as a blood bag like in Mad Max Fury Road <laughs> exactly so yeah, that's where you might remember this story from because this guy was making headlines at the beginning of this year for doing just that. Before the human blood bag story though, no one really gave a shit that this dude was spending millions of dollars a year to look and feel younger. But between the blood bag stuff and his latest uh, admissions, admissions yeah. on a podcast that thrust him back into the news, it, it, it appears that despite having vampiric tendencies, he also he craves the limelight. Yeah. He wants, he wants to live forever and he wants people to be talking about him forever. Mm -hmm. 
But let's start from the beginning, or at least the part of the story that is worth telling, which kicked off in January of this year when Bloomberg ran an article titled How to Be 18 Years Old Again for Only $2 Million a Year, <laughs> which revealed the exhausting and bizarre tactics Mr. Johnson was taking in order to regain his youth. Johnson, 45, is an ultra-wealthy software entrepreneur who has more than 30 doctors and health experts monitoring his every bodily function. The team, led by 29-year-old regenerative medicine physician Oliver Zolman, has committed to help reverse the aging process in every one of Johnson's organs. <laughs> Johnson's, or <laughs> Johnson's <laughs> organs. Uh, this year, he's on track to spend at least $2 million on his body. He wants to have the brain, heart, lungs, liver, kidneys, tendons, teeth, skin, hair, bladder, penis, and rectum of an 18-year-old. What? Weird phrasing. What? Uh, Johnson, Zolman, and the team are more than a year into their experiments, which they collectively call Project Blueprint. This includes strict guidelines for Johnson's diet, 1,977 vegan calories a day, exercise, an hour a day, high intensity three times a week, and sleep at the same time every night after two hours wearing glasses that block blue light. Gunners? <laughs> <laughs> He's got the gunners. Uh, each month, he also endures dozens of medical procedures, some quite extreme and painful, then measures their results with additional blood tests, MRIs, ultrasounds, and colonoscopies. This is, I mean, he's definitely, he's getting all the, the limelight for this, but th this is, uh, he's just the, the peak he's example. He's a guinea pig. He's a peak example of what I, I think a lot of dudes up in the San Francisco Bay Area with more money than, I guess, hobbies uh, <laughs> are into. Um, they, they all start just like getting full blood work done like on the regular. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a natural body thing. Body hacking and shit. It's, it's a natural thing to be aware and worried about your mortality but also there's not a whole lot you can do about it except if, if you you can lead a healthy lifestyle but it's also probably not that healthy if it consumes every aspect of your yeah, entire life yeah i mean there's obvious ways practical <laughs> ways to uh you to work towards longevity but like it's been shown repeatedly that the the major key to longevity is just like leading a happy and productive and genetics uh, yeah. life yeah i mean obviously obviously we're all rolling the dice but like it is funny that i don't think like, it's, it's probably not healthy to be spending so much fucking time worrying about your longevity the, the the basis of this whole thing the starting out with just getting good sleep and eating a good diet great and exercising yeah. a bit that all sounds wonderful yeah that sounds like things that people should be doing uh, anyone can do that yes and that's all something that like yeah uh, Occasionally, I'll go to bed at like a decent hour, and I'll be like, "Wow, I should do that all the time. I feel great." But yeah, then, my sleep. Of course, I don't. Not great, but uh, everything else. And yeah, okay. having, having like you know uh, a mild like he's not at the gym all day. He's doing an hour, an hour of exercise a day. That's that's actually really good. That's something he's not overdoing it. Uh, I think what would probably help, and we'll get to the fact that this he appears to not have this in his life. But, uh, you know, friends and family yeah. is a big contributor to happiness and longevity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's... And because this guy's turned himself into a weirdo, he is pushing people away from him in life. Yeah. So, yeah, the article goes on to say that medically, uh, yeah, I mean, the guy is getting healthier as a result of this type of regime. But a healthy diet with a good amount of sleep and exercise is not some new discovery for becoming a healthier person. And it certainly would not be worth writing about. Uh, so let's get to the part that makes this guy a little bit different. Mm -hmm. There's a regimen and series of measurements for every last part of Johnson's body. 
he's taken 33,537 images of his bowels, discovered that his eyelashes are shorter than average, and probed the thickness of his carotid artery. He blasts his pelvic floor with electromagnetic pulses to improve muscle tone in hard-to-reach places, and has a device that counts the number of his nighttime erections. Hmm. Okay. Uh, the author of the article then starts writing in the first-person perspective for uh, a one-on-one -on -one meeting with Johnson, saying, In September, shortly before I walked up to his door in Venice for dinner, he texted to warn me that he'd just had some fat injected into his face and seemed to be suffering from an allergic reaction to the excruciating procedure. As a result, he said, he might look a little weird. He was not wrong. When he opened the door, I could barely recognize him. His face was so puffed up, it looked like he'd spent the afternoon chugging bee venom. The procedure, he said, wasn't the usual Hollywood look younger filler. It was the first in a series of injections to build a fat scaffolding in his face that would produce genuine young person fat cells. Look, not to hate on our own city, but if you're trying to live as long as humanly possible, I could think of a few places that are much better for your health than the air in Los Angeles County, no matter where you are. I mean, at least Venice has that uh, ocean breeze. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, pretty much everyone who lives here, especially if you live near... The air quality index here is yeah. always bad. It's it's all the cars, and uh, it's yep. it's not good. You, If you want to live a long time, you want to get the hell out of L.A. County. You just go to the woods somewhere. Yeah, you can afford it. With less internet to keep popping up in everyone's timelines, too. Go back to the Bay Area. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the air is better. That's yeah. But yeah, after this article briefly made the rounds, a few follow-ups started popping up in May because of claims that Johnson had been participating in blood transfusions. First from anonymous donors, then from his own 17-year-old son. <laughs> uh, so for, here's some more information from the follow-up. On April 3rd, the tech entrepreneur Brian Johnson, 45, turns up at a health services clinic near Dallas with his 70-year-old father, Richard, and 17-year-old son, Talmadge. They arrive early in the morning, and over the course of several hours, the men and boy engage in a tri-generational swapping of their blood plasma. Talmadge goes first, having a liter of his blood removed and converted via a machine into its piece parts, a batch of liquid plasma, and then a batch of red blood cells, white blood cells, and platelets. Brian next undergoes the same process and then has an additional procedure in which his son's plasma is fed into his own veins. Richard goes last and receives Brian's plasma after making room for the fluids by having his own blood drained. It's a human centipede. Mm -hmm. For Johnson, the plasma exchange is not an unusual happening. He's been to the Dallas area clinic for several consecutive months and received plasma, not from a family member, but from a young anonymous donor. A blood boy. The, besides the obvious va vampiric quality to the process, the mechanics can seem elitist and unsavory. In most cases, a wealthier person is receiving the plasma of a much younger, less well-off person. The plasma donors typically receive about $100 in gift cards for a procedure that costs roughly $5,500. And also doesn't fucking work. No, no, no evidence. Uh, I, and I saw when people were talking about this latest round in this endless cycle, uh, someone linked to like research that said that uh, it turns out that like any results you might get from fresh young blood transfusions it, it might just be the the body's reaction to adding the trauma yeah well to adding like literally like uh, i think they found in rats that just adding saline to their bloodstream just like adding new liquid to the bloodstream uh has positive effects yeah so there's no need for the blood probably 
Yeah, there's, but, uh, yeah. there's a lot of things you can do to your body to get it to react in a certain way. And uh, a lot of that has to do with, you know, a trauma response or whatever, like getting a tattoo, give you some like endorphins or whatever. The runner's high, things like that. It's like that is fleeting. Yeah. It's not going to feel like that forever. I, I don't think that this is exactly. I like the billionaires that have a death wish. Yeah, that's I like, yeah, I like the ones that say adrenaline. I'm going to climb Everest for no fucking. I'm going to go in a submarine and go see yeah. the Titanic. Yeah, those guys, I, I, you know, I they prefer had a that. little bit of a blood transfusion. I, they had a blood. Uh, <laughs> to, it, it was. It was. It was everywhere. It was everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you, did you see that animation that someone made? I don't know if it's even like accurate because it's it's using like voxel animation. Yeah. But, and uh, also, it's like. It's showing something that happened in a millisecond. Yeah. In a, like, yeah, stretching it out to be something long. Uh, anyways. But, yeah, so this is all just pointless quackery, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, seems like it probably is. Or at the very least, is almost essentially pointless, given the extremes of the procedure. We have not learned enough to suggest this is a viable human treatment for anything, says Charles Brenner, a biochemist at City of Hope National Medical Center in Los Angeles. To me, it's gross, evidence-free, and relatively dangerous. Brenner suggests that anyone considering this type of procedure would likely be much better served by going on a nice long hike. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong. The people going into these clinics who want anti-aging infusions basically have an anxiety problem, he says. <laughs> they have an anxiety problem about their mortality. Nailed it. Absolutely nailed Go it. Go on a hike, loser. Uh-huh. With friends. Yeah. Go have a nice meal. Enjoy your Spend life. Spend time with your family. Like, Enjoy... Please enjoy your life. People are getting, you live specifically at, these billionaires, are getting very hyper-focused on things that are taking away the parts of your life that should actually be bringing people joy. Yeah. Like spending time with, I mean, I guess this guy spends time with his family because he's using his son's well, blood bag. But Yeah, he's, I mean, I'm sure his son at this point, when his dad calls him up, his son. What, dad? Is, yeah, it's uh, it's like the cat's in the cradle, but like uh, dad does want to hang out, but he only wants to hang out when there's blood involved. Hey, and the, he's going to, well, with the way that his dad's aging, this inheritance is going to be dangled for quite some time. Yeah. Well, just a little more blood and, uh, yeah. you know, might have to add some things to this, this will here. <laughs> Daddy wants the infusion. <laughs> son, how you feeling? You feeling full of blood? Uh, son, you're too old now. His his kid hits like 25, yeah. and he's like, "Ugh, get son, out of here." You need to have a son of your own that I yeah. can I can siphon blood out of. This is the the family way. So yeah, all of this brings us to the past two weeks, where this guy has been tossed back into the public consciousness because of his expanding and desperate attempts to somehow reverse aging. This time around, it's the very eye popping realization that Brian is spending a lot of time on his Johnson. Hey, his wiener. His penis. Yeah, you get it. All the all the one all the puns from Austin Powers mm -hmm. and Austin Powers too. <laughs> the scene still holds up. Okay. Anyway, he's trying to make his penis young, whatever the fuck that means, <laughs> and there's no way to say or analyze that without it coming off as totally creepy and weird. Yeah, the, is he the, gonna make it like a baby penis? The original quote in the Bloomberg article where he's like, "I want to have an 18-year-old penis." <laughs> just like, I don't think you should why say you, that out loud. Why are you thinking about teenagers' dicks? <laughs> no, just Stop it! Never say that again, Mr. Johnson. <laughs> like, does he make it? God, I feel so bad for this guy's son because during the blood, he's like, "Well, we're here. We got to sit here for a little while." Let the blood flow. Uh, let's see what you're packing down there, son. It's let's just, get a little skin graft. Nothing going. weird. I'm just, you know, I'm trying to, trying to get, trying to get to. I'm trying to be 18. You're 17. So uh, let's see it. Yeah, there's mm. no way this doesn't yeah. come off as creepy. Anyways, here's the Daily Beast with more. 
It is Wednesday in Los Angeles, the air is balmy, the Dodgers have a home game, and tech mogul Brian Johnson is preparing for his fifth penis injection in 10 days. <laughs> oh, God! The penis injections the penis injections are simply the latest element of this grand experiment. The treatment consists of three weekly sessions of focused shockwave therapy. <laughs> the fuck? According to unspecified randomized controlled trials, Johnson tweeted on Wednesday, the therapy can improve erectile dysfunction. He wants to see whether it can enhance total time nighttime erections, subjective sexual performance, sexual satisfaction, and medical imaging-based penile markers. The painfulness of the treatment, Johnson casually explains, clocks in at a 7 out of 10. Though, towards the tip of the shaft, it's probably 9.5 out of 10. Less than two weeks in, he has noticed greater urination strength <laughs> and an increase in nighttime erections. I, it would be pretty cool to be able to, like, just fucking super soaker uh, <laughs> anytime I'm in a bathroom. Damn, is that Elliot in there frying chicken? Yeah, just standing, like, 20 feet away from the urinal. Hey, check this out. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, how do he do that? Well, you don't want to know. It was really painful. Very painful. Several <laughs> injections. <laughs> Uh, it continues, but he does not yet know if that is a temporary effect or if that is going to be enduring. And I doubt that it'll be enduring. Much like the blood transfusion, this seems like a quick fix well, for it, something that is not going to be also around. Like, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's some doctors in the, the chat, but like, I isn't all of the... ED stuff, isn't that more related to like cardiovascular health than like the actual organ itself? No idea. Because it's the whole sexual function just comes from your body's ability to move blood down there. This guy could get some Viagra, I feel like. Yeah, also, <laughs> also, we already fucking solved this like 20 years ago. There's a pill for that. You, you, they're selling them everywhere because they sell them on fucking Twitter. This guy's going to be rock hard while he sleeps and roll over and break his dick in half or something terrible is going to happen. But again, this is... This is what I don't get. For whatever reason, and he's already failing at making himself look younger, maybe he feels younger or whatever, but for all this effort to be like, yeah, you know, I go in every once in a while and I get a couple injections in my penis and it's extremely uh, painful. Oh, cool. Uh, this is my life yeah. and I'm gonna do this forever. Bro, you live at the beach. Take up surfing. Yeah, go <laughs> like anything. Get a fucking snorkel. The, the, the thing fuck? is, this guy, this guy probably does do activities like that, which, relative to everything else are relatively extremely dangerous and he can yeah. just fucking die at any point. True. So, but at least then you're enjoying yourself. Yeah. 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 But yeah, so we're wondering the same thing that you are. Why? Why do any of this? And is it having any effect on his sex life? Which is what you would imagine the goal of all these penis injections would be. And looking right? younger in general, I guess, if you're like a 45-year-old guy and you're like, yeah, I'm feeling kind of old. I'd like to be young and spry again and attract the ladies or something. Hey, ladies, I got an 18-year-old penis. <laughs> it's a, Why? Weird, weird what did I say? <laughs> Why is everyone walking <laughs> away from me? <laughs> uh, so, unfortunately, turning yourself into a science experiment that is stuck in an unrelenting cycle of diet, exercise, and questionable medical procedures um, would seem to have a negative effect on one's dating life. Mm -hmm. Mr. Johnson simply can't find anyone who will put up with him, even though he's a billionaire with the organs of a child. <laughs> Why? Uh, Why am I being kicked out of this restaurant? <laughs> uh, here's, the, here's the Economic Times, which quotes from Fortune magazine as well as a recent podcast appearance. During an appearance on the Diary of a CEO podcast hosted by Stephen Bartlett, 
Johnson admitted to being single and shared the challenges he faces in finding a partner who can embrace his unique lifestyle. Johnson's daily routine involves going to bed by 8.30 p.m., consuming 2,250 calories within a six-hour window from 6 a.m. to 11 a.m., and dedicating four to five hours to focused thinking. He refrains from alcohol consumption and takes a staggering 111 pills every day. In circumstances where I've tried to date, the first thing I do is give them a list of 10 things. Like, here are all the things you're gonna hate about me and all the things that are going to make me an impossible partner for you. It's a big deal, he confessed candidly during the podcast. Hey buddy, maybe don't lead with that. Yeah. The first thing I do is tell them why they're gonna hate so, me. So, I'm an absolute freak. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, t I'm a total fucking weirdo, get ready for it. Uh, Johnson emphasized that he prioritizes sleep and as a result, won't share a bed with a partner. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So yeah, between the blood boy stuff, the penile rejuvenation techniques, tracking his erections, the daunting amount of treatments and monitoring, and distinct lack of romantic prospects, uh, doesn't seem that appealing. Does he have like, does he have a little Apple watch that he puts around his, like, how's he tracking his erections? How does that work? Uh, it has a little flag on it <laughs> when the flag raises. The, he, he must have a device. Yeah, it's a Fitbit cockering. <laughs> uh, so yeah, but that is, all of this is why this guy who you're seeing on screen has been one of the main characters on social media this week. But uh, as we've shown, is it all worth it? No. No, obviously he he's literally aged since the quest started, but based on photos of him before and after he started the regiment, he looks like he's aged even worse than he would have if he never did anything at all. Yeah, before he looked like a normal man in his 40s, and now he looks like a dude who is desperately trying to look younger. Yeah. But, uh, you know, is hitting a brick wall because that's how fucking nature works. Yeah. He looks objectively worse than when he was just a normal guy. Uh, but all in all, we have to give this a zero out of 10. Our advice, yeah. eat healthy, keep that body moving, accept the unstoppable forces of time, and just try to enjoy the relatively brief amount of time that you get to spend on this planet. Because it comes and goes real quick. Yeah, this is just not a good... Not a good way to not spend what your time. I, not what I would be doing. No. Especially, like, you've got all this fucking money. Do anything else. Yeah. You could be experiencing everything that life has to offer. And instead, you're like, no, I'm going to sit in essentially a medically sealed off room in my house yeah. and have tests done on me Just all day. Go to doctors fucking constantly. And get jabbed in the penis constantly. For And for what? Who's going to see it? No one, because you're repulsive to anyone who, <laughs> who you would maybe date. I just don't get it. But well, I, we don't have the billionaire mindset. We don't. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. <sighs> this man's going to live forever, and I'm just going to live a, a normal fucking age. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Oh, too bad. Too bad for me. Yeah. What a shame. But speaking of main characters that we hadn't heard from in a while... And yeah, we really haven't heard from him it's in It's been while. at least a couple days or weeks. What happened? George Anthony DeVolder Santos is back in the news as the walls continue to close in on a bunch of politicians who absolutely deserve legal scrutiny. Mm -hmm. This time, it's not Santos himself who's in the crosshairs, but a former fundraiser of his who has now been indicted for impersonating a high-ranking House aide to House Speaker Kevin McCarthy while soliciting contributions to Santos' campaign. I remember this. This one was fun. 
Here's more from the Associated Press. Sam Mealy, 27, was charged with four counts of wire fraud and aggravated identity theft in an alleged scheme to defraud donors and obtain money for Santos under false pretenses. Prosecutors said Mealy used a fake name and email address to impersonate a high-ranking aide to a member of the House with leadership responsibilities. And the reporting continues, adding that the indictment did not name the person who was impersonated, but the details of the charges match with multiple news reports identifying the aide as Dan Meyer, now retired as the longtime chief of staff to House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, Republican of California, who at the time was minority leader. Santos was not charged in the indictment. The facts of the case rest on events that overlap with the congressman's own alleged crimes of wire fraud and money laundering, federal prosecutors said in a filing on Wednesday. Federal prosecutors said Mealy sent fraudulent fundraising solicitations to more than a dozen prospective donors between August and December of 2021, at times signing the emails with the aide's full name and title. In a letter sent to Santos last September, Mealy admitted to faking my identity to a big donor, according to the indictment. He went on to describe himself as high risk, high reward in everything I do. That's awesome. You don't need a criminal fundraiser. You need a criminal fundraiser. Ah. So speaking of indictments, though, we do have a few updates regarding the recent Trump indictments. Woo! And uh, it should come as no surprise that Trump and his legal team are trying to delay his trials as much as humanly possible. On Thursday of this week, his lawyers submitted a request regarding his federal trial for election subversion. And if you're keeping track, that was that was the third indictment yeah. he received. Mm-hmm. Um, their request was that the trial date be pushed back a full two years from its original proposed date, which would place the trial of Donald Trump right in the middle of his presidency if he were to win the Republican nomination and then the national election. It would make it April 2026. Yeah. The reasons why should be obvious to anyone watching, but in case we have to spell it out for you, he's hoping to become the president of the United States and then just make all this go away. Ah, magic trick. With the stroke of a pen. Mm Mm-hmm. Except for the state trial in Georgia, which he he would have no jurisdiction over because... uh, That's a state crime. That's a state crime. And with more on this latest update, here's NBC News. In a court filing Thursday, Trump's attorneys recommended starting the trial in April 2026, more than two years after prosecutors are seeking to get the trial underway. The election interference case brought against Trump in the nation's capital by special counsel Jack Smith is one of four criminal cases Trump is now facing, and one of two brought at the federal level by Justice Department prosecutors. In a filing last week, Smith's team requested that jury selection begin in December and that the trial start just after the holiday break, on January 2nd, 2024. That date, senior assistant special counsel Molly Gaston wrote, would vindicate the public's strong interest in a speedy trial, an interest guaranteed by the Constitution and federal law in all cases, but of particular significance here, where the defendant, a former president, is charged with conspiring to overturn the legitimate results of the 2020 presidential election, obstruct the certification of the election results, and discount citizens' legitimate votes. Alongside that federal case is the indictment handed down by a grand jury in the state of Georgia this week. And unfortunately, just as we and a bunch of other people predicted, Trump's incendiary posts on his social media platform, as well as his public statements regarding this investigation, have already resulted in his unhinged supporters just legitimately threatening the lives of citizens involved in the case. Yeah. Here's Insider. After Georgia prosecutors indicted Trump and 18 other co-defendants in a sprawling RICO case, far-right message boards lit up with threats of violence against the grand jurors, whose names were listed in the indictment, who voted to charge the former president. One user wrote that the list of jurors' names was a hit list, Media Matters reported, 
A user on a pro-Trump QAnon message board posted the names of the jurors and their purported addresses, Media Matters reported. And a user on another message board threatened to follow these people home and photograph their faces. And they did also add some of the quotes from users on these forums, but we cannot even repeat what they said out loud without immediately getting flagged. It's, it's as bad as you think it is. Articles are always linked down in the description. They have the details. But these threats follow a similar pattern in each of the cases. I mean, just last week, a woman from Texas was actually arrested for making credible threats against the judge who's presiding over Trump's federal case, Judge Tanya Chutkin from NPR. Abigail Jo Shry, 43, of Alvin, Texas, allegedly called the chambers for U.S. District Judge Tanya Chutkin and left a voicemail message on August 5th promising to, quote, kill anyone who went after former President Trump, according to an affidavit. The affidavit said Shry used both the N-word and slave to address Chutkin, who was born in Jamaica. She also made a direct threat to kill Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee, a Texas Democrat, as well as all Washington Democrats broadly, and all members of the LGBTQ community, according to the Department of Homeland Security special agent who signed the, the court filing. So this woman uh, in question, she's, uh, she's going with the, I was just joking, what about my free speech defense? Yeah though we're not sure that that's going to work out for her. No. But, uh, yeah, these are just a few examples of the lunatics out there who are being whipped up by the former president's posts and speeches, which is why these trials need to move forward as soon as humanly possible, because the longer he's allowed to act like he's going to be the next president and the more desperate he gets, the worse this is going to be for everyone. Yeah. It's legitimately insane that a former president who has now been indicted four times is publicly whipping his base into an absolute frenzy and further driving the country apart while members of his own party are out defending him every step of the way. It's absurd that that's happening. That, Specifically they, with Lindsey Graham and Ted Cruz. Like, we've said this for years now, but like, what do they got on these guys? Well, with Lindsey, it's pretty obvious. Well, yeah. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I... I, I are people not seeing what we're seeing here? Because this this all seems pretty fucking dangerous, especially yeah. considering there's already a track record of violence and insurrection. Again, not sending their best. You get a dick shitter trying to put a nail gun on a window yeah. and uh, getting killed in the middle of typing out a post on True Social or that uh, fat old man uh, with the, the ghillie suit? triple XL ghillie suit, mm -hmm. um, you know, going out in a blaze of glory. But, uh, you know, it's it's... He's, he's whipping Not up a great. lot of people into into Seems killing bad. mode, and yeah, uh, yeah it's. And I, it's I don't just, like it, and it, it seems to be completely allowed. Yeah. Uh, but oof. anyways, outside of the Trump orbit, the other candidates are still somehow just struggling to make up ground against a guy who has been charged with dozens of crimes, and no one is floundering quite as badly as Ron DeSantis who just this week seemed to back down from his battle with Disney despite his campaign slogan being never back down. <laughs> and now a trove of information relating to his campaign, polling, and debate strategy have been posted online and analyzed by the New York Times, giving an inside look at how the DeSantis campaign is desperately trying to stay in the race, and at this point, even compete with the other people on the ticket. Here's more from their reporting. A firm associated with the super PAC that has effectively taken over Mr. DeSantis' presidential campaign posted online hundreds of pages of blunt advice, research memos, and internal polling in early nominating states to guide the Florida governor ahead of the high-stakes Republican presidential debate next Wednesday in Milwaukee. There are four basic must-dos, one of the memos urges Mr. DeSantis, whom the document refers to as GRD. Number one, attack Joe Biden and the media three to five times. Number two, 
state GRD's positive vision two to three times. Number three, hammer Vivek Ramaswamy in response. Four, defend Donald Trump in absentia in response to a Chris Christie attack. Okay. Uh, the, the article's authors add that PACs frequently post information like this online because they are not allowed to strategize in private with the campaigns, though they typically upload it to a location that can be hard for the public to find, but not for the campaign. However, this super PAC posted this bulk of information right on its own website. Yeah, and I, I want to reiterate how weird that sounds. Uh, obviously, I guess it's not outright illegal. Listen, we came up with a strategy. We put it online. Oh, we, uh, what's... did the candidate uh, find that? That's, That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, it appears to be such a common tactic that to get candidates' information without breaking the law, it's it's still really bizarre. So I want to read the article's explanation of the process because it, it surprised me while reading this yeah. one. Super PACs are barred by law from strategizing in private with political campaigns. To avoid running afoul of those rules, it is not unusual for the outside groups to post polling documents in the open, albeit in an obscure corner of the internet where insiders know to look. Posting such documents online is risky. The news media or rivals can discover them, and the advice can prove embarrassing. But super PACs often decide the risk is justified to convey what they consider crucial non-public information to the candidate without violating the law. But it is unusual, as appears to be the case, for a super PAC or a consulting firm working for it to post documents on its own website. So they're just like doing dead drops, basically. Yeah. Like, oh, I... I uh, left. I left these notes on this park bench, and oh, Ron DeSantis happened to sit down he on that bench down moments that, later. Yeah, it was weird. Huh? Huh? No, I didn't this, give anything to him. All of a sudden, this post-it note with a web URL showed up on my desk. I, I don't know who left it here. I guess I'll just go to the web URL and try it out. Anyways, here's more info from those documents, which provides a fascinating and stupid <laughs> look into the lengths that politicians will go in order to leave their mark during a debate. Key among the documents is one entitled. Debate memo dated August 15th, which cynically describes how Mr. DeSantis, who has been battered by critical coverage and has struggled to capture attention in the face of Mr. Trump's indictments, could wring the most favorable media attention from the debate. Addressed simply to interested parties, the memo describes Roger Ailes's orchestra pit theory, quoting the now deceased Fox News executive and political strategist's well-known maxim that a candidate who lays out a comprehensive plan on foreign policy will draw less coverage than the one who accidentally falls off the debate stage. <laughs> oh, baby. Yeah. To that end, the memo lists potential orchestra pit moments, beginning with one drama-making opportunity, complete with a recommendation for a Trump-style insult. Take a sledgehammer to Vivek Ramaswamy. Fake Vivek, or Vivek the fake. Wow. They really <laughs> knocked it out stuff. of the park. Great stuff, guys. Related documents, one runs nearly 5,000 words across 17 pages, shows that the DeSantis operation advises portraying Mr. Ramaswamy as an inauthentic conservative. Okay. Vivek the fake over here. Hey, shut up, pudding, Ron. Uh, this is, it's going worse than I could have ever imagined. Yeah, it DeSantis. is. Honestly, surprising at how bad of a candidate he Listen, is. Listen, if we take Vivek's 5%, that puts us at 20%. And, and we're then still we gotta, down by 80%. <laughs> but, baby, we've we got to keep chipping away at him. Yeah, again. Vivek, he's got a big forehead. Say something about his big, shiny forehead. This is all very bizarre and what appears to be the desperate attempts to save an ultimately doomed campaign. What a sight it will be if and when DeSantis actually exits the presidential campaign with that big never back down slogan plastered across his tour bus as it drives off into the sunset. He backed down. He said he wouldn't, but he did. Oh, well, the only way to stay true to his promise is, uh, well, you'll have to ask the Japanese. Yeah. 
But let's do an update on the small town newspaper in Kansas whose headquarters were unjustly raided by police recently. Uh, for the whole backstory, you'll need to watch our episode from earlier in the week. But basically, a tiny newspaper in a tiny town got raided by police because a woman uh, who owns a restaurant locally was scared that they were going to tell people that she'd been driving without a license and had gotten a, a DUI. A bunch of their equipment was confiscated. The co-owner of the newspaper died from what appears to be stress. And then the whole country found out about all this anyway. It was a confusing story, and it somehow gets dumber because it appears as though the judge who approved the search warrant submitted by the police has a bit of a drunk driving history of their own. That's just how we drive around here. Everyone's drunk in this small Kansas town. It's our local pastime. We try that in a small town all the time. It works great. When everyone's drunk, no one's drunk. <laughs> Here's local outlet KWCH. Days after law enforcement raided the Marion County record, 12 News learned that the judge who signed off on the warrant has a criminal history. 8th Judicial District Magistrate Judge Laura VR has two DUI arrests on her record. Both incidents happened in 2012 whew, in Morris and Coffee counties. VR, who went by Laura Allen at the time, was put on diversion for an arrest in Coffee County. Seven months later, she was arrested again for a DUI in Morris County while she was the county attorney. VR was not supposed to be driving since her license had been suspended for the first arrest. According to a 2012 story published by WIBW, VR drove off the road and crashed into a school building while driving a then 8th District Magistrate Judge's vehicle. The warrant VR signed off on for the Marion Police Department focused on a claim by a local business owner that the Marion County record obtained personal information about her illegally and gave it to the vice mayor. Uh, just to chime in with the actual news from that is... Uh, they they got this information from public records uh, and then held on to the information mm -hmm. because they thought they were being swindled by the divorce court or something and then only made it public yeah. when the lady went public with her own DUI admission and claimed that they were holding it against her. It's very weird. But uh, that's just the latest ironic twist to the story. We do have a shred of good news to report, though, because the search warrant appears to have been withdrawn. Okay. And it looks like the items will be returned and the investigation quote-unquote, will come to an end. Here's USA Today with the update. Days after police officers raided and seized personal cell phones, computers, a file server, and other equipment from reporters at a local news outlet in Kansas, the Marion County attorney, Joel Enzi, said he withdrew a search warrant previously issued to police to obtain information they were seeking. On Wednesday, in a news release obtained by KSHB-TV in Kansas City, Missouri, Enzi said he submitted a proposed order asking the court to release the evidence seized and asked police to return the items they took back to the news organization. He said there was insufficient evidence exists to establish a legally sufficient nexus between the alleged crime and the places searched and the items seized. So, hey, look, things might be bad out there, but at least in most of these cases, justice appears to be served, or at least in the process. Yeah, with the politician stuff, it's, you know, the wheels of justice are moving. They're moving slow, though. Yeah. But we'll be here to cover everything as it plays out. In the meantime, uh, thank you guys again for all the Maui donations. You're uh, killing this it. is either the last video or the next one. It, basically, there's like a day and a half left. It, yeah. If you uh, haven't yet and want to, you can feel free to donate to uh, uh, the wildfire relief for Maui. Uh, we really appreciate it. Honestly, you guys blew us away with your contributions. It's double what we had originally put as a goal. It's incredible. Thank you so much for that. Uh, but in the meantime, before we get to Weekly Weird News, which is the next video, make sure you like this video 
And I saw other people in the comments that said, thank you for reminding yeah. me. So here's your reminder again, like the video. Uh, you can watch our other videos, including the most recent Tech News Day and the one from earlier in the week right over here. And by the way, we didn't even mention his name the entire Shh. video. We went the whole video without mentioning the guy who owns social media platform X's name. You know what we're talking about, right? 